Are you tired of ticket fees? Pay the price for your ticket that is advertised and not a penny more. Go to TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Fantastic prices on all sports and concert tickets. Guaranteed seats, no fees. TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Welcome, welcome, everybody, back to another episode of Halitech Hall. Good evening, Mr. Halitech. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm okay, I guess. Uh, after after licking our wounds for the last couple of days, uh, yeah. we're, we're back at it. And uh, thank God we got a fast turnaround with, with Tampa coming into town in less than 48 hours. Um, it was a disheartening day to, to watch football on Sunday and then just to watch an, a real offense on the field uh, last night when Green Bay took on Atlanta. Yeah, I, you know, Friday night I had a dream about the game, and I woke up after the dream on Saturday thinking it was Sunday morning and then realizing, oh, um, the game's not on until 3.30. And then, and then I realized, oh, it's not even Sunday. But in the dream, I dreamed that we could not move the ball at all with Nick Foles. But in the dream, the defense played really well, and the Bears ended up winning a really close, low-scoring game, uh, which almost happened exactly, but we just couldn't uh, couldn't hold on to the ball when Rivers threw it to us. I mean, that's I knew that I just knew that Rivers was going to throw us two or three, and I knew that in order to win this game, we had to catch a couple of them. And uh, Khalil had the, that's exactly. That's yeah. exactly what happened with the yeah. exception of hanging onto the ball. Yep. You know, of course, Roquan Smith's interception was a great play. Unfortunately, uh, we had uh, about two inches of sideline we needed extra uh, because his left foot just hit the stripe. Uh, he made a when great thought, play on the ball. I thought the deal was that he had stepped out of bounds before he came back. And like I don't think he was even out of bounds on the actual catch. I thought that they ruled that he had gone out of bounds and then come back in. He did. That's right. exactly what so, happened. Is so, like I'm sorry, but I get why that's a rule on kickoff. And I and I suppose you don't want to like I don't know. I don't really understand that rule. Like what you know if if during the course of play he gets forced out or he runs out of bounds, it's only to his detriment. I don't understand why you know. Why that's a rule? <laughs> here's here's where I'm. I might be a little confused on the rule. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the first to touch the ball because well, it says if you step out of bounds, mm-hmm. okay, and you're you're yep. not. If you're the first to touch the ball, it's mm-hmm. it's 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 not a legal play. Right. However, he didn't. If, since he did go out of bounds, he didn't reestablish himself because his 
his left foot hit out of bounds. He leaped. He intercepted the ball. And then both his right and left foot came down in bounds uh, for, for what appeared to be an interception. But when he right. touched, just... when he touched out of bounds with his left foot, he was deemed he became... to be out of bounds. And you have to come in with two feet in bounds to reestablish yourself in bounds. Like, That's I, the rule. I know. It's so, I just don't get it. Like I get why an offensive player might have an advantage doing that, you know, because conceivably you could, I don't know, run to avoid a player by going out of bounds and coming back in. I suppose, I don't know. I just, I feel like the, the ridiculous things that the refs miss and then they catch that little minutia garbage that like even on replay i don't think anybody would have noticed that but somehow the ref sees that and he and not only that but he decides to call it like uh, i just it's just i don't know it's mind-boggling sometimes the way the bears continue and i know every nfl teams that feel team feels they're screwed by the refs but it just it just Except feels Green Bay Packer fans. Right. And the Packers, well, and, the Packers <laughs> uh, well, and they do because they think that, you know, they lost the Super Bowl over it, right? Or is that the Steelers? I don't know. The, the Packers have some gripe in the playoffs about referees. But other than that, they get, you know, their, their left tackle gets to false start every snap. And Aaron Rodgers gets an extra second on the time clock, on the play clock every snap. I mean, it's ridiculous. But it just feels like the Bears continually get screwed by the refs. And what was crazy about this game is right off the bat, we were not. The first penalty of the game was holding number 56, Quentin Nelson. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding? We got a holding call? Maybe this is going to be our day. You know, <laughs> like maybe they got our letters and saw all the pictures. And I'm sure the team, you know, maybe sends its little memos back and forth to say, hey, officiating, can you take a look at this? I mean, I know they have their pre-conference, pre-game conference with the refs. So I thought maybe, just maybe we're going to get the benefit of some calls. And we did at first, but then it turned into just a, penalty bonanza like uh, that was the worst probably the worst part about the game was the way that the, the bears just had stupid penalty after stupid penalty like that just killed me tell us how you really feel Aaron <laughs> <laughs> it was just brutal. I mean, it just seemed like levels of crap like it was like okay we can't move the ball okay uh we get a turnover nope they score okay now there's penalties like it's just like insult after insult after injury after injury like it's just just brutal it was but you know so when we go back to you know this whole thing on sunday it was the lack of offense and mm-hmm. and as i i typed up for our our agenda I, was it back to the future or was it future to the back? It was yeah. just brutal. I mean, it reminded me of the John Fox era offense. It was mm. just, it was, to, for lack of a better word, it was inept. It was, yeah. it was just inept. Uh, just it, completely. Like, it felt like, you know, and you could see the drive, the drive chart. It's like three plays eight yards, <laughs> you know, negative yard drives. Like, I mean, it just like, you can't even, if you tried to draw up the most inept 
that they could possibly look, you would have a hard time recreating what they did. I mean, although uh, our friend Matt Nagy has certainly tried on a number of occasions, um, you know, like when he came out on Walter Payton Day and decided that running the ball was the worst idea he'd ever had. So I just, it just looked, everybody looked out of sync. Everybody looked like they didn't know what was happening. Foles was making mistakes. He was throwing bad passes. I mean, it just felt like completely disjointed. A lot of what they were doing with Mitch was no longer happening. Um, and before he knew it, they were playing from behind. And once, I mean, once they start playing from behind and the defense loses its aggressiveness, you know, I mean, the defense, the defense, you can't really fault them. You know, when you give up 19 points, you should win. And teams that give up 19 points or less or 20 points or less win like 82% of the time. Like it's in the last couple of years, like, you know, that should be enough. Uh, you know, they, they, they really didn't let the Colts do much. And they said, like, still, the offense is so bad that we cannot win, even with Nick Foles, unless the defense gets turnovers and scores. Like, it's this, those are requirements now. It's just unbelievable. Believe it or not, out of all the games played, of course, there was one cancellation mm-hmm. um, because of because of COVID. The, but all but three games the winning team scored more than 30 points. Yeah. So, you know, to, to hold a team to under 20 points and still lose the game is just unconscionable. But scoring is through the roof this season. Everybody's scoring points except for the Bears. Like, this is the craziest thing is that we hired an offensive coach in the age of offense and it was like, oh, my God, we're going to do something on time. You know, the Bears are always late with the trend <laughs> or they just don't uh, embrace the trend at all. You know, as soon as, you know, and I thought we were going to do the same damn thing this year because it's like as soon as, you know, we the, the whole league goes all offense, you know, what happens? You know, everybody's going to start embracing the Kyle Shanahan offense of all running. But whatever, we have an offensive guru supposedly although the luster is off of that thing and we can't score. Everybody can score. They're, they're like, and we still can't score and everybody looked like they forgot how to play football. I mean, like the offense, the offensive line was atrocious, like getting thrown around like rag dolls and pushed into the backfield and just dominated. They got, dominated I, I like I've never seen an offensive line get dominated like that except for when the Giants sacked Jay Cutler nine times and a half like I've never seen it I mean they just got worked <laughs> like have you ever seen the offensive line play that bad yeah back in that Giants game <laughs> right right, right. Um, and of course and of course and pretty much uh you know most of the games last year, yeah. you know, this this game was it just, a, just felt a, a, well. Aside from the fact that they only allowed one sack, and I don't know that that had to be a credit to Foles. You know, Foles dropped back, ball, you know, yeah. forty three times. Uh, he he had twenty six out of forty two for two forty nine with with a TD and a tipped pass that Miller should have caught right. that ended up being an interception. 
Um, well, I would say they were time. okay. They, I think the offensive line was actually not horrible on passing downs, but on running plays, they just looked so awful. Like, and I think the combination of Foles getting rid of the ball and them being decent compared to the run on pass pro, it was, you know, it, that could have certainly been worse. But they nearly got Foles killed anyway. I mean, he took some hits. That's the worst part about this Foles thing is like now you have this this reaction of oh like is he gonna break every time they <laughs> sack yeah. it you're worried the collarbone's gonna go well here's here's the bad news 28 yards rushing on 16 carries Ugh. just terrible eight penalties for 103 yards 28.6 percent conversions on third down hmm they're, 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 that, that absolutely tells the story of this past week's game. Yeah. Like, and Corderell Patterson on third and one again. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, this guy is trolling us the way he calls plays sometimes. Like, I swear. I just... Like, the Corderell Patterson as a running back thing, it, it might be over. Like, I'm ready to to say goodbye to that. I hope to God, and I don't think it's going to be this Thursday, but I hope to God that Lamar Miller has something left in the tank and his connection with Bill Lazor is strong enough and there's enough similarities that he can just come in and take Corderell's running back duties away from him because we can't do this anymore. And like, it just like, it's, it's another, like, you know, and I, unfortunately I kind of thought it was working a little bit, but the offense was still terrible. We were just excited to see them running the ball, um, you know, except for like two quarters and a half of, of offense. But I just, I don't want to see it anymore. Like, and, and the way that Nagy calls it, he, it, it might work, but he he calls it at such stupid times that it, the chances of it working are just minuscule. <laughs> when I'm when I was watching the game on Sunday uh, and taking some notes for our show, mm-hmm. uh, I wrote down Aaron's going to have a field day with Cordero Patterson lining up on third down. Is <laughs> I still have post-traumatic stress disorder from the game one against the Packers, and that it was fourth down, right? But God, like I just this guy is so stubborn. Like he he really thinks that he can just. And he did the same damn thing with Mitch in there. Mitch didn't have it, and this guy's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna just keep having him throw it and unlock, you know, some kind of magic." And he really thought that he was gonna unlock something with Foles. And then they went, they got behind, and it was like, "Forget it," you know. And then every time he did go back to the run, it was the, the Colts just knew what was gonna happen, like. They had Nagy measured. Nagy is uh, has only won once against the former Andy Reid tree Eagles coach 
you know, flotilla, you know, whatever you want to call it, Peterson and Reich and uh, Reed, uh, you know, all these coaches. Nagy has only won once, and he's lost like four games against these guys. You know, uh, they know his tricks. They know where all the bones are buried. Like, this guy has no secrets against them. And I don't know if he has any secrets against the league anymore. It's, it, I, I, you know, let's kind of kind of take a deep breath here for a minute and sure. and talk about Miller. So, yeah. um, on on Monday, the Bears signed Lamar Miller to their practice squad. Uh, he's only 29 years old. He's mm-hmm. appeared in 105 NFL games with 89 starts over seven seasons. Uh, he played for the Dolphins. He played for the Texans. He had an ACL in 2019. Um, so he's, he's now he's with the bears and you know, who knows? So let's go over a little bit of, of, of his career. Uh, he, re- he's rushed for, uh, 5,800 yards and 32 touchdowns. Uh, and he's caught, uh, 209 passes in that time for over almost 1600 yards with another eight touchdowns. He was voted to the pro ball when he played with Houston in his last year in the league in 2018. Um, he was selected by the dolphins in the fourth round of the 2012 draft out of the university of Miami. He ran for uh, 709, 1100 and 870 yards, uh, for Miami. He signed with the Texans as a free agent in 2016 He actually made his debut in Houston in a 23-14 win over the Bears in the season opener, running for 106 yards on 28 carries. He ran for 1073, 888, and 973 in his three seasons with Houston, and then he tore his ACL in a a preseason game last year. So this is his first real roster assignment since that time. So who knows what could happen? You know, we've heard a lot about Artavis Pierce over the last few days, uh, but um, you know, obviously he didn't see the field. In fact, I believe he was on the the uh, uh, inactive list yeah. uh, on on Sunday. So um, to to make room for this was a little bit of a surprise to me to make room uh, for for this guy. The Bears actually waived Stephen Denmark. Mm-hmm. So I was. I was a. I have to say, I was a little bit surprised to see Denmark uh, get the axe, but I don't think that that'll be uh, a long, th- a longevity thing. I think he'll be back on the practice squad relatively quickly. Yeah, he could be. I mean, I don't know what Denmark is, and you know, I mean, it is what it is. Like my, the weirdest thing about the roster this past week was the whole Tyler Bray shenanigans, like. So they they call him up to the main roster, and everybody's like, why why is Trubisky, you know, is somebody secretly hurt? I mean, there was all this COVID stuff, so everybody's freaking out. Is there a COVID thing? You know, everybody's speculating a mile a minute and wondering why in the world Tyler Bray is being activated. So then you come to find out that the reason Tyler Bray was activated is to be a voice for Nick. So... Essentially, what they are now sort of admitting is that Mitch doesn't know the part of the playbook that Foles knows, because it's very clear that there are two different playbooks, and we'll get into the the madness of that at some point. But it's so they basically had Bray come up as 
to be, you know, like the guy in the headset and not have missed you that job, which is just bizarre. Like, I, I was just like, what? It, you know, and of course, you know, again, he's protected on the practice squad this week. And it's just like, what is going on? There is some weird quarterback, like, cult up there at House Hall. And, and I'm just like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, you know, how is it not resulting in any kind of play that resembles, you know, high quality? I just, I'm just, I'm dumbfounded. What uh, what what I've read uh, on Twitter and, and you know we've got some great friends of the show uh, writing Eric Lambert at Sports Mockery and Lester Wilfong. Lester Wilfong will be our guest next week to uh, to go to review the Tampa game. Uh, was this interesting scenario where yeah they wanted they wanted Tyler Bray to be a voice uh, on the sideline for Nick. Which one of the one of the guys wrote that it, it kind of spoke volumes about Trubisky's lack of being able to read defenses. Yeah, he doesn't know. Like, here's the thing: is that Mitch can sit there and watch the plays that Nick runs, and he doesn't know what went wrong. He he doesn't he, he like it's just not in his wheelhouse he cannot he's not that guy he's not a guy that can that you know he can be told that and then probably you know try to make a better decision if he sees the same thing again but ultimately this is why Mitch is not playing anymore is because he just can't see something diagnose it and articulate it and you know ultimately you saw that he couldn't do it on the field either so this is why he's He's benched ostensibly, but then, you know, I mean, Foles didn't look any better. And, in fact, there were a few plays where you go, okay, and I would never advocate for putting Mitch back because I think Mitch would have done even worse overall in this game. But there were a couple of rollouts where you sat there going, damn it, Mitch could make that play. You know, the rollout where he's, you know, where Foles is rolling out with cement shoes on and – uh, you know, floats the ball to Mooney and totally has a, you know, has a bad uh, throw and Mooney can't get it. And he was wide freaking open. Like he missed. Yeah, if he leads him. Yeah. If he, if he leads I wanted to talk about this play specifically. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. If he leads Mooney to the middle of the field, there was no help. There was no safety in the middle of the field playing center field. Uh, and he throws it where Mooney can grab it. He's gone. Yep. Instead, he threw it to the outside where the defender was. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and because the defender was to that side, Mooney could not adjust to the ball be without being without the defender being in the way. That yeah. play is like, oh my God, you know, I, I, I that's and I wrote in my notes, uh, people are gonna be screaming over that that one play and sure enough twitterverse went crazy and all of the mitch diehard supporters were screaming to put mitch in the game go figure well i mean we always love the backup quarterback right but i mean the the problem was is that Foles, you know Foles did have a few plays where he pump faked and created something and definitely went to his you know and he did what he's capable of doing but there were 
so many bad misses. I mean, he he gave Allen Robinson a damn hospital ball, and and Allen Robinson's lucky that all that happened was he didn't catch it because <laughs> he got rocked. And that's what they were they were playing Tampa to Lovey Smith defense, and they have the players to do it. And they were getting pressure with Ford, not a ton of pressure, but they knew exactly what Foles was going to do, which is what the Tampa 2 defense does, is it gives you the slants and the underneath stuff. And then the goal is when they catch the ball, make them pay. We saw Peanut Tillman and Lance Briggs and Nathan Vasher and, you know, Mike Brown and, and countless people run this exact same thing, and they did it to us. And the irony of that. <laughs> and that was the problem is that, like, we hit a couple of slants, but our guys got destroyed. I mean, yeah. you know, it was just and, – and, and so they knew that was coming. And they were, like, very happy to say, you know what, we're going to stop the run and we're going to make you throw. And you might hit a couple, but your receivers are going to think about it a lot. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, that's what happened. I think you're right. Um, even even to, uh, to accentuate your point, Allen Robinson after the game commented how uh, the Colts were able to keep their safeties back uh, because their front seven their front seven was able to handle the the Bears running attack yep. with just the just seven in the box. Yep, that's volumes. Absolutely. Volumes. Yeah. And that, you know, and so, you know, people are, and well, what killed me though, and this is where, and again, I'm going to get mad at Nagy is where were the tight ends? Like you, you know, the underneath stuff is what you needed to hit. And Graham had a few catches, but, and, and Foles missed Harris again. Poor Harris has probably had four catches that he should have had, but the quarterbacks can't hit him. It's like, how can you not hit this guy? He's like seven feet tall. And and both the <laughs> quarterbacks, both the quarterbacks are managing to overthrow this guy. Like, uh, you know, but I digress. The, there were no tight ends. I mean, Cole Komet played 15 snaps. The, the kid we were so high on hasn't even been given a chance. They, they told us he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. He was RoboCop. He knows the playbook backwards and forwards. This, that, blah, blah, blah. And then he doesn't even play. And today, Nagy was asked about that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's not enough snaps for him. We're going to have to fix that, basically. Like, as if he's not the one who fixes it. Like, dude, you're the guy. I don't know if anybody told you, but, you, you know, you, you're you the one that makes sure that happens. You know what I mean? Like, he's so caught up in his damn Denny's menu that he doesn't realize, like, what's actually happening in the game. You know, you look at, like, I mean, like, Belichick, if the ball bounces a little differently, they beat the Chiefs with, like, Backup quarterbacks. Like if Brian Hoyer could just have played at a Mitch Trubisky level, <laughs> they would have beat the Chiefs in Kansas City without their starting quarterback because that's what a coach looks like. You know what I mean? Like a guy who really makes adjustments, you know, a guy who says, okay, this isn't what we're going to do, but we, in order to win this Super Bowl, we're going to throw exclusively to Gronk over and over because they've proven they can't stop it. Like, 
I'm just, I mean, it's crazy to lose all faith in a guy after one game, but then when you stack up the failure on offense that this guy has, has produced, it's just, it's hard not to be like, maybe this guy isn't the guy unless he is willing to completely give up offensive play calling. And I don't know if his pride can take that. I just don't know. When when you when you know, we're talking about tight ends here, and what was so disheartening is to a see the Bears not use their tight ends, and that's exactly what you can attack a cover two defense with. Yeah, it is you you get the you get the tight ends in the middle of the field between the deep safeties and where the linebackers are. And yep. you attack that area of the field. So let's segue to Monday night. And I hate to talk about this because it's the Packers. Mm-hmm. But the, the Packers were were without uh, their number one and their number two wide receivers. So who are you going to throw to? They have a tight end who you've never heard before. And all he did was score three touchdowns. Yeah, a green a Green Bay tight end hasn't scored three touchdowns in the Super Bowl era. Yeah, and what happens? They found a way to let Aaron Rodgers continue to just roll. He's having, you know, he's having a, a Pro Bowl year, no question about it. You oh, know, when yeah, you, he's when you take it. a look at, you know, when you take a look at quarterbacks around the league, it's it's Patrick Mahomes who's having an okay year, but nothing great by any stretch of the imagination. Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson isn't having that great of a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got um, the kid out of Buffalo playing really well. Right, Russell Wilson. And you got Russell Wilson playing really well. Mm-hmm. And you got Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and actually, surprisingly, Justin Herbert... <laughs> Is playing fantastically. For he's got over, he's got like he's even started all the games, and he's got. Uh, I think it's like a record for a rookie in his first three starts or something. Like I'm just like, oh, everybody has a quarterback but us. <laughs> well, you know, at least we're not the Jets. Yes, we've always got that. I mean, but the dang Browns put up 50 points. And I know the Cowboys defense is comically bad. I get it. But I don't think we put up 50 points against the Brown, uh, the Cowboys. I mean, we put up 38 last year, right? Um, but, but that's, that, you know, for, for, a Bears, for, for a Bears offense, 38 points against anybody is a hell of a game. Yeah, and I actually think I picked this game as 30 to 20. Bears, you know, foolishly. But I said the defense has to score for us to get to 30. Uh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think it was – I still didn't believe it was – because, listen, the, let's, we've said all this and we've disparaged the Bears, rightfully so. The Colts' defense is damn good. They added Buckner. That guy's a beast. Um, they, But I tell you what, they lost Darius Leonard at one point in that game, and they didn't miss a beat. Like – uh, it, you know, that yeah, whole is, is real. Yeah, you have to give credit where credit is due. And for sure, uh, the Colts, the Colts defense, uh, you know, they were number one or number two in most categories heading into that game. And they did not disappoint if you're a Colts fan. That's for sure. 
So I just, I mean, not to get into Colts chat, but there's, I don't see any way, unfortunately, that Rivers takes them all the way, though. He's just, I mean, gosh, he was there for the taking, and we just couldn't do it. It reminded me of uh, the Miami game where what's-his-face Brock Osweiler kept converting, you know, when it was like, why can't we get to this guy? Like, he's not that good. And, and that's what Rivers did. He just converted on third downs. He didn't put up a ton of numbers, but he converted on some huge third downs. We had like, we gave up, I think how many, I don't know how many first downs on, on penalties. It was at least two or three. At least. Uh, And, and you know, you can't do that. That's self-inflicted wounds. You give up first downs on penalties. Oh, and the special teams, my God, Chris Tabor must have pictures of somebody because I don't know how this guy keeps his job. Whenever they don't have Sherrick McManus, this special teams is trash. They should be paying Sherrick McManus as the special teams coach. Because, I mean, honestly, like, whenever he, when those games when he was a healthy scratch last year for no reason, the special teams played bad. And here he is, not in the game, and we're getting special teams penalties. Stupid Corderell taking his helmet off. Barcavius Mingo. Buster Screen was like, oh, let me get on in the act. You know, you're giving freaking, they they got a punt blocked. Like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I wanted to talk about that play. I'm glad you brought it up because because the the wingman to the right of center, the the deep man to the right of center, which was he was only about two steps behind and, and right next to the guy in the right. And this guy blows through the line and goes right past those two guys. I don't know who they were because I haven't had a chance to look at yeah. the the but tape he, again, but he didn't like, even touch him. Didn't even no. touch him. Three guys just stood there and watched this dude knife through them. Like how does th- how did three guys miss one guy? And you don't even have to block him all the way. Just impede him two inches, and it's not a blocked punt. They did nothing. Like it was like they didn't know the ball was snapped. And that was the other thing that they did. That. that and, and this was happening to Mitch actually in the previous game was they were getting the snap count jumped. I feel like, you know, and I think it happened on special teams. Then I mean, I'd have to go back and, and, and look at the tape. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, we can, we can beat a dead horse all we want, but uh, I wanted to to talk about, Three guys. Uh, two of them are rookies that just really stood out all game. And uh, and I want to, before I even get to those guys, I want to give a shout out to Mingo because he played lights out. He did. Roquan, Roquan played lights out. He really came. You, he was flying all over the field, especially mm-hmm. as as the game wore on. Uh, Jalen Johnson was one guy I wanted to talk about. Because he had two or three more pass breakups, yeah, you know, and just played absolutely just insane ball, you know. In you know, the Colts receivers aren't a bad bunch, you know, and and he held his own, and he's actually given grief back to to uh, uh, Hilton, uh, mm-hmm. you know, out on the field and talking trash, and you just love to see it. Absolutely. Yeah, and then, uh, go ahead. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Two other rookie. You had two rookies finish. The other, the other rookie, of course, is Darnell Mooney mm-hmm. on offense. The guy is now pretty much cemented himself as is WR two on this team. Yeah. He has he has bypassed Anthony Miller, uh, and he is definitely the number two guy. And the more and more we see him, the more and more impressed we are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's looked great. Jalen, I mean, I think Jalen outplayed Fuller. Uh, Fuller had a decent game, but that pass, you know, once again, on like the second or third play of the game, Fuller and Jackson get beat deep. And Fuller, uh, you know, hooks T.Y. And T.Y., you know, did a good acting job. Uh, but Fuller was beat. I don't know if the throw was going to get there necessarily, but Fuller pulled him and T.Y. accentuated it and they had to make the call. But again, these two guys at the beginning of the game, Eddie Jackson and Fuller, were not ready for this to happen. Like, And also, I don't understand why we accepted that penalty because they sacked him and then we accepted a, a 10-yard penalty to make it first and 20. It should have been, I believe it should have been second and 12 or something. So- it was second and 12 or second or 14. I think it was a four-yard loss. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting penalty. here looking at that and say, why are you taking the penalty? Take you the sack. Yeah, you don't give them another down? That doesn't make a bit of sense in the world. Who cares if it's first and 20? It's first down. Like, it, it, you know, like make it second down. Like, I just that, – that was such a head scratcher. And then, and then it's like, I don't know if Eddie Jackson and, and Fuller were like thinking the same thing. Like, why did we just do that? And then they weren't ready for freaking T.Y. Hilton to go right down the field on them. And it's just like, yeah. I just, I, we can't, like, the, the problem I have, and I think Fuller is still a very solid player, but is he $15 million solid? I don't know. That maybe doesn't really matter that much. But he is not a guy that any team is afraid to put their best receiver on. Like, they're just not afraid of him. And 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 him and Johnson have been playing great. Don't get me wrong. But Eddie Jackson, on the other hand, his numbers, uh, you know, his passer rating against his completion percentage are bad. Um, and I don't necessarily think he's playing bad. He finally had a safety blitz that worked. Um, you know, my least favorite thing that Pagano does is these DB blitzes. Uh, but he finally had one on a run blitz and, and, and you know, managed to tackle the guy. Um, but uh, other than that, I don't really think Eddie Jackson is like, I feel like, and I don't know who it was that said this. I think Yurkovich, John Yurkovich said this. He said, these guys are, these defensive players this year are not playing together. They're all trying to make their own highlights. Um, and, you know, that's what he thinks. And I, I think it's, it's so tough to be critical of this defense because they're the, you know, they've been, playing very well. I mean, when you come out and we have not scored in the third quarter yet all season and, you know, uh, the, luckily the defense hasn't given up much points in the third quarter in, in most of these games, but when you come out and you're putting crappy field position by the offense, you can't get a break. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's like, it's like uh, deja vu all over again. And these guys, you know, I think are playing fantastic. I I would love to see Quinn get on the field a little more. Like, this is not what we spent all that money on to have this guy play, like, 37 snaps. 
But when you're down and they got a team that can run the ball, Jonathan Taylor kid, who I'm sure you're very familiar with, you know, and, and but they, they're at the point where they have such a great offensive line that literally anybody can run the ball, <laughs> you know, and Taylor happens to be great. Yeah. On top of it. yeah they, I mean, especially, you know, later in the game when he's able to turn the corner and yeah. take take a two yard run and turn it into a twenty five yard run. Yeah. Uh, you were talking you were talking about snap counts uh, earlier and getting back to uh, Darnell Mooney. Only David Montgomery and Allen Robinson in the skill position had more snaps than Darnell Mooney. Uh, yeah. Robinson had fifty five. Montgomery had fifty three. Mooney was third in skill positions with forty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he's earned it. Uh, the but, kid, the kid blocks, <laughs> like he he's doing everything out there. He's he's active blocker in the run game for what little of it they they attempted, and the kid's open a whole lot. <laughs> so that's yeah. great to see, but it makes you feel you know, not great about Miller. Yeah, when you when you look at the snap counts, um, you know Javon Wims was on the field for ten snaps, and I don't remember seeing him one time. No, I mean, Fools acted well. I, I didn't, I thought Miller was barely playing. And I think I tweeted sometime in the third quarter, where is Anthony Miller? Like, I have not seen him. And then finally he caught that pass over the middle and then he had another one and then he ended up dropping, you know, or tipped whatever it was. I think his route wasn't probably, wasn't run real well. But anyway, it just Miller is missing in action again. Like that's that's this guy takes you know it's like every other game he's good if we're lucky. So he should have 110 yards and three touchdowns against Tampa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I hope so. Um, you know, I mean, uh, the one thing that Justin Herbert had a heck of a game against Tampa. You know. I mean, they put up 24 points, just their offense, and then they got a pick six off Brady. Now Brady came back and had his, you know, ended up having a five-touchdown game. But the Chargers scored points on them with a rookie quarterback, you know, and yeah. Austin Eckler went out, and they couldn't run the ball. They ran the ball for 46 yards. Eckler got hurt. And, you know, so if Foles plays like he, you know, can play, and, you know, Nagy gets his – Head have his rear end. Maybe we could score some points. You know? Well, let's let's hope. You know, it, like you said, it's the the you know getting the off to the slow starts. Um, what seems like every other game. Um, yeah. You know, they had the slow start against Detroit. Uh, they they had a fast start against New York. They had and now they've had back to back slow starts. Uh, well, it's quite let's just call a spade a spade. They had at no time did this offense start except for the last drive of the game against the Colts. So, you know, the chances are good that they can start fast. You know, Tom Brady is, is going to be sitting back there. Uh, the, the, The chargers didn't have a sack against him at all, but they still scored 31 points. And, you know, they're ahead. I forget what the hell they were ahead by. Um, they were ahead. They were ahead by 17 points well, or something like it was, that? It was 24 to 7 okay. uh, late in the first half. And uh, and Herbert 
they were doing an RPO to running back, and you kind of put it on his shoulder, and he he dropped the ball uh, inside the ten yard line. Uh, so and Tampa got a free touchdown. Uh, so all of a sudden, it's instead of twenty four to seven at halftime, it's twenty four fourteen at halftime. And then in the second half, they outscored the Chargers uh, twenty four to seven. So yeah. they they only won by seven points. You know, yeah. it was a you know thirty eight to thirty one final score. But uh, you know, if if the Bears can score thirty one points against Tampa, they're not losing on Thursday night. They shouldn't. I mean, uh, you know, Brady's back to his old tricks of dinking and dunking people to death. I mean, he had a ton of short passes. Um, you know, right now it looks like McCoy's not going to play. Um, it look it's looking like possibly Godwin and or Evans could be questionable. Um, so that's something to to say. I mean, although every week it seems like we've gotten the benefit of um, an injury, and so we'll see what happens. I mean, I just I can't I can't with a clear conscience, pick us to win this game. And that means, of course, we will win this game in some, you know, either dominant or miraculous fashion. But I just feel like this is a week where, I don't know, like what I hope that Nagy does is let Nick Foles run the show. Too short of a turnaround. Foles, you you make a game plan. <laughs> like, you know, give me, you know, just like they did in Atlanta. Foles is like, I'm, I, I'm picking these 10 plays that I like and I know, and this is what we're going to go out and do, <laughs> you know, like yeah. obviously they need more than 10 for a full game, but I, I just feel like at this point, like why the hell not, you know, you got short time, pick the plays, you know, best and go at it and run the damn ball. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Let's take a break to hear from, from tick splits and then we'll come back and finish our recap or our uh, preview of the Bears-Tampa game. So we'll be right back after a word from TickSplits.com. I just heard my favorite band is in town. I'd love to get good seats, but everywhere I've looked, the ticket sites have crazy service fees. Haven't you heard of TickSplits? Who? TickSplits. They don't gouge you with crazy fees. The price they advertise is the price you pay, plus a small delivery fee. Never pay service fees again. Go to TixBlitz.com today. TickSplits.com. Guaranteed seats, low prices. That's TickSplits.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. TickSplits.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere, uh, NFL venues are starting to open up and tickets are available. Go ahead and use tailgate as a promo code. That's T-A-I-L-G-A-T-E, all in caps, and you'll save 5% off of any ticket anywhere, ticksplits.com. If you get your friends to follow Halitech Hall on Twitter, we get to 1,000 followers Tick Splits has generously provided two tickets to the Bears-Packers game in Chicago for 2021. So jump on the Halitech Hall bandwagon and uh, get your uh, yourself in position to maybe win those tickets. Aaron, you know we've been talking a little bit uh, about the, the Tampa game. Um, you know, is it, it comes down again to the simple fact where. They have to be balanced. They have to be balanced, and they have to 
they have to stop turning touchdowns into field goals or, in some cases, missed field goals. Yeah, you got to score touchdowns. I mean, every week this guy says it. We can't keep selling for field goals. Okay, cool. Well, then do it. You know, like we, I know we need to run the ball. I'm not, I'm not stupid. Really? You don't seem to know that you need to run the ball. Like, you know, he needs to stop coaching and calling plays like he's an arena league quarterback and start, you know, realizing that he's got to get the offense rolling. And I just like, I just, it was so clear to me that they had two different game plans for Mitch and for Foles and no, and people don't know the Foles game plan as well. Like they just don't right now. Hopefully they figure it out. Um, you know, but I mean, Tom Brady is playing at a high level right now. This is not like, you know, uh, Johnny Unitas, like at the end of his career, you know, uh, like this is, this is still Tom Brady at, at the near height of his powers somehow as old as he is. So it's going to be a tall order. I mean, I wouldn't put it past us to win, but they're already five and a half point underdogs at home. And I think that number could go up. I mean, like it's, it's if that number, if that number goes up, it's because they're, they're wide receivers that we just talked about before the break. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be able to play but right. we, without yes, those not, guys. It's going to go down yeah. Yeah. or stay yeah. the same. Yeah, exactly. You know, Tom Brady has been sacked five times. He wasn't sacked at all uh, by the Chargers. So he was sacked five times in the first three games. Uh, yeah, I think so, most of those were in the first game. You know, so he can, he, yeah. we can get to him. Yeah, um, you know, I think so. But our, our front seven has not been the same dominant front seven that we expected him to be. We're realizing the the, the tremendous loss that that uh, the void brought by Eddie Goldman's absence. Yeah, well, last year it was Akeem, and this year it's Eddie Goldman, and both of them are extremely important. Goldman doesn't get the stats, but he's extremely important. And Akeem, I think, has benefited from the presence of Quinn, even though Quinn has not really put up the numbers. Um, you know, but Quinn has only had 89 pass rush snaps all season, um, you know, cause he didn't play in the first game. So, I mean, it's, <clears throat> he hasn't really had much of an impact. The middle guys, you know, I thought Bilal had a good game on Sunday. I thought Brent urban, I think has, is earning himself more, more snaps. I'd like to see him in there more. Um, Mingo, you mentioned <clears throat> Edwards, you know, he had a couple moments. Travis Gibson got one snap and he looked terrible. Um, they, they had, that was one of those runs where they got beat around the edge and he was just chasing, um, you know, it, I, I don't know if this McCullers kid, this huge McCullers kid, they picked up, if he could maybe play some first downs and just clog up some stuff, let Akeem work. Uh, that would be nice. Um, you know, I'm hoping that Khalil Mack gets up for this primetime game. You know, I mean, he has a tendency to do that. So maybe the, this defense gets up for this primetime game and sacks. And that's what I think it's going to take. We do need to score some points, but I think it's going to take some turnovers uh, and some sacks to, to win this game. I, I think you're right. And, you know, we, we've been so close. You know, Jalen yep, Johnson's really 
He's he's dropped a couple of uh, of balls. You know the, the one that Mac literally let fall right between his hands. Uh, that would have changed the game. That in the Roquan Smith interception yeah, where we talked about game. earlier, yeah. where he he just barely touched the the white stripe. Um, you know, you take those are two more interceptions to to add, and uh, those those two interceptions probably changed the entire outcome of that game. Yeah, absolutely. That game was that's so, what's so frustrating about that game is that it wasn't like as much as the defensive the, the Colts was played in a dominant fashion, they still could have won that game. Like just just you know just do something on offense and they could have won that game or just catch the ball when Rivers throws it to you and they could have won that game. And Sounds like a broken record, doesn't it? It's yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like and my part of me thinks well. You know, we've played pretty bad, and we're still 3-1, and one, so that's cool. But then at the same time, you start to look ahead, and you're like, Bucks. Well, hold on yeah, a second. Let's, let's look ahead mm-hmm. because the schedule does not appear as daunting as it did at the beginning of the season. So you've got, you've got the Tampa game starting uh, this Thursday. It's a winnable game. Yeah, it's Tom Brady, but it's still a winnable game. Carolina hasn't surprised anybody, even though they have to go to Carolina. Um, the Rams have been playing okay, but you know that that now doesn't look as tough of a game as it was. The Saints have not been; they've been a shadow of themselves offensively this year. Um, you know, and that's a home game. Tennessee, we don't know about, but who's who's sick? Who's not going to be able to play in that game because of COVID? So now well, that does, been, they've been pretty banged up and haven't been scoring. Either, yeah. So even so they didn't the, have COVID. even though that game is in Tennessee, there's no crowd. So that could now be a winnable game. Uh, yeah. They've they've played well against Minnesota. Okay. So and that's a, a game that's at home. So no, but uh, our home field advantage is absolutely zero right now. I mean, well, it, it is for, but it is for everybody. You know, you got 10,000 people that. Doesn't... Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But I think the games with some fans, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, I, I don't know. It, it, we just, I just don't think it matters who's at home. Um, and my feeling is this. I think the Panthers, I worry about the Panthers game. Mike Davis, who we couldn't get anything out of Nagy couldn't get anything out of is playing fantastic for them with McCaffrey out. The guy had 10 catches the other day. <laughs> he had two touchdowns yes, in, this game, in the game this weekend. The guy, you know, it's like another indictment of Nagy. It's like here this guy leaves and goes and kills it. So, I, like, I don't look at the Panthers game as pushover at all. I, I, and I don't think – Well, there, there, there is no the – there is no pushover game there. Pushover. I'm just saying, I'm worried about those games. You didn't say pushover, but I'm worried yeah. about those games. I'm worried about the Saints. I don't look at the Saints. You know, you don't know what Saints team is going to show up. I mean, Breeze nowadays looks bad one game, then he looks great the next game. They had they've been missing Michael Thomas. Um, you know, they look great against the Raiders, and then they didn't look great. Uh, 
or no, they looked bad against the Raiders and then they, they played well this past weekend. So it's like, you know, I just, we need to, we've got to see the offense be something before I feel like I can count on, on them, you know, because I just, I don't think, you know, if the defense is going to give up 20 points and less, and we're going to find a way to lose. I mean, we've been talking about this since the damn playoff game, you know, like you should win a playoff game where your defense gives up 16 points, (laughs) you know, like that's a game you should win regardless of what long drives and, and crap they gave up, you know, like you give, you, you only hold a team to 16 points. That's a game we should win. And so we've been this, having this conversation since, I mean, hell, I don't even know the first Rams game when the defense, you know, had to play otherworldly to beat the Rams. <laughs> like it's just. But but they did, you know, and did. and that's that's what's good because mm-hmm. you you started to see the 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 defense that we expected to see in the second half of that Colt game. Mm-hmm. They really took it to the Colts' offense, and they they. They weren't able to generate any touchdowns. They scored the, the the biggest bugaboo that the Bears have had all year is allowing a touchdown on the first or second drive, yeah. and then they then they start to solidify. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's the offense that's got to start showing up. So you've got you've got six games before you have a bye week. And then you have to go up to Lambeau where by that time there should be fans in the stands. I don't know how many will no, be they there. Just said, they just said today that they're not, they are no longer pursuing fans in the stands anytime. In Green Bay? Yeah, because Wisconsin is is a crazy hotspot right now. They yeah. just made an announcement that, that the Packers are not going to pursue fans in the stands for the foreseeable future basically because of how bad uh, Wisconsin is getting right now. Yeah. So, so let's go back and, and, and finish the review of the schedule. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you, you've got green Bay in green Bay uh, at the end of November. And then the five games they play in December and January, they, they have Detroit at home. Houston's not beating anybody. Then they're at Minnesota. They're at Jacksonville and they have green Bay at home. So when you look at the last half of the schedule, you know, there's no reason to think that despite the sputtering on offense that this team can't be any worse than 10 and six and and make the playoffs, but their offense has got to evolve and it's got to evolve quickly. Right. I mean, if we go, what if we go, we'll be six and four, if we go three and three in our next games right so right right so you know then then you just gotta go whatever uh four and two in the next six so yeah and even and if they lose the, I mean, the, the nfc east is worse than ever like you know like you know they shouldn't even allow a playoff team to come out of that division if yeah. this keeps going what the 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 team the the top team in the NFC East is got one win yeah one two and one this the stinking eagles who beat <laughs> who beat the 49ers without their starting quarterback <laughs> like uh, like uh, just i don't I, like 
this is this is also what's crazy is that I feel like and and here's the other thing that every team is playing against COVID every week too. So I do feel good about the Bears' ability to manage that. And I think other teams obviously showed this past week that they failed. Mm -hmm. Uh, League is cracking down now. I mean, they're talking about forfeiture and, you know, huge amounts of fines. And they've said that no more than three players can gather uh, outside of practice for any purpose, you know, because the Raiders went to some charity event like idiots and weren't wearing masks and, you know, um, the Titans obviously screwed the pooch across the board. And thank goodness they didn't get the Vikings sick. I mean, if they had how got, did yeah, how did that happen? I just dumb luck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just pure luck is what that is. And then you had uh, Michael Burton of, of Bears fame have a false positive for the Saints. And then you have Cam Newton get it and and totally change the course of that game. Um, you know, like I think if Cam Newton plays, they they beat the Chiefs <laughs> the way they played. You know, I don't oh, think Cam no Newton, doubt. Cam Newton would have right. been thrown no, interceptions. No like he wouldn't have turned the ball over like Hoyer. <laughs> you know, I mean that interception by Stidham was Edelman's fault, the pick six, so that wasn't his fault. But yeah, that was a shame. It went right through his hands. And so this season is is going to be one of the craziest, I think, on record because of all that. There's going to be some more problems, and and that you know is what can happen. So if the Bears can just keep churning away, treading water, you know, like just like a duck, you know, cool. And then the legs are churning. Just keep above water. There's going to be some craziness that goes on. And if they can just get in the playoffs, who the hell knows? I mean, that's why I'm not ready to give up as down as I feel after that game is I'm not anywhere near ready to give up. I mean, they were, we're three and one at the quarter pole, you know? So, (laughs) If they, if they can be, if they can do every quarter of the season at three and one, we're all going to be happy. If especially yeah. if they can make it into the postseason and actually win one game and be in the position to compete for for the you know to make it to the NFC title game, and from there anything can happen. If you go two and two in the other three quarters of the season, you're going to be nine and seven at this point. Yep. So it, you know, just go three and one in one of those quarters, and there you are to ten and six. I know everybody, you know, it's like we obviously want to win every game, but I think we got to be realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. so we can't just, you know, I, Bears fans were, you know, I almost said, I, I, you know, I normally stay on Twitter and tweet, but it was getting rough. Like people were really rated, you know, because everybody had decided that. Foles better score 40 points or the sky is falling. And you knew we were set up the minute that crap started getting out there. Oh, of course. Like, you know, so they just, you know, it's like we weren't going to be happy unless they beat the the Colts 50 to nothing. You know, and so when it started going the way it went, everybody's just ready to jump off a bridge. It's like, just, you know, like chill out. Yeah. I mean, Somebody brought up a good uh, was that guy, guy Brendan Suguru who who does a couple things for Bears Wire. Uh, he brought up an interesting comp to 2010. Uh, you know how that season uh, you know kind of went. So it was kind of it was kind of interesting. I thought. 
Uh, you know, 2010, the Bears ended up being at home for the NFC title game, but Cutler, you know, got his got his knee injured in that game and had to come out, and Green Bay took over. And you know, if they if they beat Green Bay to to end the year uh, up in Green Bay, where they slept through that game, you know, Green Bay doesn't even make the playoffs. And they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So go go figure. Speaking of Green Bay, I, I'm I'm peeking ahead at their schedule. Uh, of course, they actually have their bye this week, so they've yeah. got to play 12 weeks in a row, and and they have to go down to Tampa to play Brady. And so if uh, you know, hopefully the Bears can beat Brady, but Brady stays healthy. Um, they, you know, Houston hasn't done anything yet, but they have to travel to Houston. So they, they play three of their first four games at, on the road, uh, against Tampa, Houston and San Francisco. And, and they haven't been able to do anything against San Francisco for, for a few years now. The only home game in those stretches is week eight when they play, uh, at home against Minnesota. Then they've got Jacksonville after San Francisco, and that's a home game. But then they stood, they got to play Indi- Indianapolis. And the nice part about that is they get to be beat up at Indianapolis before Chicago. They have to come to Chicago in week 12. So the, that, stre- that stretch of games, when you take a look at it based on the schedule we just looked at for Chicago, they've got a tougher schedule. Yeah. Well, they should. They had a better record. I mean, you know, like they were 13 and 3, right? Uh, you know, big bad 13 and 3, right? And everybody said it was it was paper and it turned out to be I don't think their defense is good enough to carry them. Their defense is is not playing well at all, but their offense is playing so well that they're keeping their defense off the field. They're winning in time of possession. And Lewis Riddick said that, I believe last night that you know they are they're they can they can beat you quick or they can slow it down you know they can run the ball with Aaron Jones and Dylan and uh Williams or they can you know or Aaron Rodgers can just do what he does the guy is a surgeon he's a cold-blooded killer like you know and and it just makes you sick as a fan of a team that can't find a quarterback like that to watch him do what he does. And at the same time, you're like, oh, this is, you know, it's amazing. Like, it, you know, and every year, I mean, he was on Pat McAfee today, and he's like, you know, Pat McAfee's like, you know, what do you make everybody saying you had a down year and this and that? And he's like, listen, my down year is some guy's career year. And they're, <laughs> you know, everyone's like, whoa, you know, he will, you know, and, and Roger's like, it's just facts. Like, you know, when, when you, <laughs> and that's the truth. I mean, the guy, you know, the guy plays at such a high level that he has a quote unquote down year and everybody freaks out. And I mean, I mean, I think the Packers freaked out. I mean, they drafted Jordan Love and not Jordan Love's inactive on game day. And Aaron Rodgers, like, you, you, you know, you might as well lose that kid's number. <laughs> so yeah. one, I don't know. So it's crazy. I mean, as long as they got 12, they're in the mix, but I just feel yeah. like. Their defense well, can't hold up. If if the Bears can get past Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. okay, there's there's no reason to think they can't finish the second quarter of the season three and one, because mm-hmm. they got they got Tampa, Carolina, Rams, and the Saints, mm-hmm. and the Rams and the Saints haven't scared anybody so far this year. 
Um, mm-hmm. So so that puts them, even if they go two and two, right, they're still five and three, mm-hmm. right? Then they've got 10. This is the, the toughest part. You got at Tennessee, Minnesota, Green Bay, then then Detroit. Um, at but that's at home, and, and so they have both Minnesota and Detroit at home, and then they finish with Houston uh, at home, at Minnesota, at Jacksonville, and then they get Green Bay uh, at home to end the year. Uh, so you're right. You can I can see a couple of two two and twos and a couple of three and ones. You know, in, in that scenario. So that's ten and six, like you said. Yeah, are we are we wishful thinking? Of course, we're Bears fans. Yeah, you know, right. There's, but you but you have to wishful think. Right. Yes, and if we, I mean, it, it's and it's also the damn NFL. This team is still playing well enough and fighting hard enough to be in the mix for every game they have this year. I don't feel that confident about being the Packers, but I never do. As long as twelve is above the ground. Exactly. You know, and, and with with the knock on wood, with the with the exception of Tariq Cohen, they're staying healthy. Yeah, they missed him though, man. I, I it's such a shame because I really think Foles was gonna was gonna have make him have a a good year this year. I think Tariq was playing really well, but you know, I think you know, like he's an outlet guy. What they were missing was that outlet guy. You know, the guy's just lurking in the flat and you can dump it to him. You know, that, that play that that st- stupid bubble screens would be okay if Tariq caught him. He at least gets seven, eight yards. Just on- I, I'm, I'm almost wondering, and you, you have to go back to 2018 um, mm-hmm. against, the, against Tampa where Bellamy actually caught a touchdown where they faked the bubble screen um, they actually, you know, Trubisky pumped to his left to, to the to the screen to to Cohen, and Bellamy released and went into the end zone and was wide open. In fact, as soon as as Trubisky threw the ball, Cohen lifts his hands up to to indicate a touchdown, and that's how wide open Bellamy was. And I'm almost wondering if if Nagy put those bubble screens on tape so they could do that with the speed that they have at wide receiver. Because like you said before, Mooney and Wims and Robinson are all tenacious blockers. So if you got Mooney on the outside and you fake a bubble screen and he releases, he's going to be wide open. Yeah. So just keep that in mind, listeners, as we move forward into this year. You might even see it Thursday night against Tampa. That about does it for the show, Aaron. You got anything else you want to talk about? No, sir. I'm good. So, Take us out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on, on behalf of uh, my 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 co-host and producer Aaron Torricelli, this is Michael Halitech. You've been listening to another episode of Halitech Hall. I have one thing I forgot to mention, so let's let's go at it. The Bears have been playing Tampa. For uh, for quite a long time, uh, and for those of us that don't remember, because many of our our listeners uh, are younger, the Bears used to play Tampa 
two times a year. The Bears in Tampa actually were in the same division for the longest time. Uh, but the Bears absolutely have dominated this series. Uh, and uh, this is going to sound really, really weird. But if you go back to the 1985 Super Bowl season, four out of the first five games that the Bears played, they fell behind early. And two of those games were to Tampa in game one and game five. Uh, I believe they, they fell behind like like 12 to three in game five down in Tampa. Uh, and in the first game, the very first game of the year, the Bears could not stop the Buccaneers on offense in the first half. And they were trailing 28 to 17 before the Bears got an interception to, to, to start the, the second half. Uh, they cut the, the lead from 28 to 17 to 28 to 24. They ended up scoring two more touchdowns and ended up winning going away 38 to 24. In game three uh, of the year, they were up in Minnesota and uh, they were they were trailing. I believe it was 17 to six or 17 to nine. Uh, that was the game that Jimmy Mack uh, did not start. He came in in the third quarter. His first pass was a 70 yard touchdown to Willie Colt. And they never looked back, and they, they ended up winning that game handily. In week four, week four, and I was at this game. I was, in fact, I was, I was at the, the almost, every home game except for two in 1985. The Bears played the Washington Redskins, and the Washington Redskins outgained the Bears through the, the first two plays of the second quarter, 124 to two. That's how badly Washington Redskins were outplaying the Bears. Willie Gault returned the, a touched a kickoff for a touchdown after after the Redskins had scored a, a field goal to make it ten to nothing. On the ensuing kickoff, the the Washington Redskins uh, got called for for a, an unsportsmanlike or illegal roughness penalty, put them back deep in their zone, and. A funny thing happened on the kickoff return of Willie Galtz. The Redskins punter also handled their kickoff duties. And on the kickoff, Willie Galt returned for a touchdown. The punter got injured. So he couldn't come in. The Bears held, held Washington to a three and out. The, the Washington Redskins quarterback was none other than Joe Theismann. So on fourth down, Joe Theismann has to go back in into punting position. He shanks a punt off the side of his foot. It goes for one yard. The very next play, Jim McMahon hits Emery Moorhead for a touchdown. And all of a sudden it's 14 to 10. The Bears never looked back. They scored 31 unanswered points in the second quarter alone to take a 31 to 10 halftime lead before they scored two touchdowns in the second half to make that final score 45 to 10. And from there, the bears just took off aside from the very next game when they played down in Tampa and Tampa held them tough. And the bears basically, they, they squeaked by. And then that's when the bears offense and defense really meshed together. Uh, they, they had two consecutive shutouts against Dallas in Dallas. 
and against Atlanta at home, and they rolled to a 15 and one record and ended up winning the Super Bowl. So there was a lot of sloppy offensive play in those first five games of the year, Aaron. Who's to say that this team isn't sloppy now but can't turn into something later? Let's hope that's the case. Well, I feel I, I feel better about the prospects of Foles figuring it out than I do about Mitch ever figuring it out. So, so at least there's that. So with that, we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully we'll be talking about a Bears victory against Tampa, and they'll be 4-1 heading into – uh, week six. So with that, on behalf of, of my co-host Aaron Torricelli, this is Michael Halitech saying thanks for listening to the Halitech Hall Show. We'll talk to you next week.